Wrexham are promoted. They have their storybook ending. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jay Green. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's going to be probably the longest one yet because it's the longest episode, and I've got a bone to pick with one of you. Um, so I've gotten a few reviews now on Apple, and I know that there are going to be the occasional poor reviews or poor ratings. Like, I get that. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I don't expect everyone to uh, give me a five-star review. However, if you give somebody a one-star rating and you don't leave any type of feedback, you don't actually leave a review, you just give a rating, and you're doing a one-star rating, and not leaving a review basically makes you a coward in my opinion. Um, sign your name to it. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like if, if you, if there's something specific that you don't like, uh, then, you know, let me know what it is. You can still give me a one star. Just tell me so I can at least have the ability to improve on whatever it is that I'm, that you think I'm doing incorrectly. So yeah, come on y'all. If you're going to leave a review or if you're going to leave a rating, leave a review even if it's even if it's a one star, you know, please leave reviews. So I, you know, I want to get the feel of what what everybody's thinking about this. So, uh, yeah, to the person who gave me a one star review, you're probably not listening anymore. But come on, come on, get it together, show some courage. <laughs> anyway, uh, not that big a deal. Like I said, my name is Jay Green. You can go follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXM Texan, Wrexham Texan, on both of those. You can also email me for any comments, questions, concerns, whatever. Just if you just want to chat Wrexham, um, director at peacefulcproductions.com will be the email for that. But you can also message me through Twitter or Instagram. Also, today's a game. Um, I'm releasing this, I'm recording this the day before the Tuesday game, but uh, this will come out the day of, which means there will be another podcast out either tonight or tomorrow morning. So uh, look for that because it's going to be a good one. All right. This was my favorite episode of the season. It has like all the feels. It's got all the feelings, all the emotions, everything you could possibly want out of an episode. It's like, a, it, I mean, it's a double episode. First of all, it's 46, I believe 48, 46 minutes long, 47 minutes long. And it's just the best. Anytime where you have a long anticipated um, like meeting between folks uh, that... Uh, I don't know. Like, if you have a long-anticipated meeting between a villain and a hero, like, you're excited for that moment. But with this one, it's a long-anticipated meeting between the town and the new owners of the club. And 
everything about it is wonderful. I mean, there are definitely some characters that voice their very strong opinions, which we'll get to later on. I very much appreciate those strong opinions. I love it when people speak their mind and be completely honest. Uh, so, yeah, but the episode starts out with the groundskeepers talking about Ryan and Rob coming to town. Uh, the younger one says that uh, if he gets to ask him a question, he'll just ask him for a, a thousand pounds, <laughs> which is about the most, I mean, that's just so typical of a uh, teenager. It cracks me up. That's so funny. Um, yeah. Can I have a grand? No, you can't. Uh, let's see. We cut to uh, painters painting inside the turf. They're doing a brick wall painting. And I believe different people get to write their names, paint their names and stuff like that, which is pretty dang cool. I love that idea. Everybody, you know, can feel like they're a part of the turf, part of the club. Um, and they save, you know, the two biggest things for, for Rob and Ryan, which I, I love that kind of stuff that when it happens in a, when it's made inside of a restaurant or bar or wherever, you know, wherever, wherever there's like a tight knit community or something to, to bring everybody together. I, I like those sentimental things that, that happen. Um, let's see. So as far as like structure, film structure of this, of this episode, it's not, it's not the most well-rounded as far as a structure. So there's, there's not a beginning, middle and end. They don't really put you in suspense about anything. You're never in doubt really about anything huge. Um, the, the, I think the biggest thing with this episode was Mullen getting the red card, um, from the previous game, which we'll talk about in a little while. So it's not, it's not your typical, it's not your typical episode. It's, it's not one. It, it doesn't have a three act structure really. Um, it's, it's got more like, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's like has three chapters in it. Not, not really a three act structure. Um, and we can, I'll talk about three act structure sometime, but basically there's the setup, the action and then the, the, um, the resolution. And there, there's not really that in this episode. So it's more just a fly on the wall of the day of the week that they're there. It's, it's more of a come along for the ride, a day in the life kind of thing, which is, which is great. I freaking love it when they do, when, when, uh, shows do stuff like this. So, um, at the end of the first little bit in the turf, you can tell that Wayne gets really emotional about, uh, Robin Ryan coming into town and he believes that they will be happy, uh, about the choice that they made to buy the club. And he just gets super emotional, which you already like Wayne from the very beginning. Wayne is one of the most likable, well-rounded characters on this show and super well-spoken, um, knows his football. Uh, yeah, Wayne, awesome, awesome. So we go to day one, day one of their visit. Long day. They put a little timeline up on the left side. Man, that is a lot of stuff to do, a lot of people to interact with. Um, 
I'm more of an introvert. So like an extrovert will get more energy from interacting with people. I tend to get my energy sapped from me. <laughs> the more people that I talk to and I just want to go home and lay on the couch. Um, like I, I kind of have to build up. Uh, I don't know. What's the right word? I got to build up my energy stores before I know that I'm going to go out with a lot of people and be interacting with a lot of people. I really got to mentally prepare for that. It's not, it's not my forte. Um, it's my wife's forte. She's great at it. She's fantastic at it. Um, I am, I am not that way. So yeah, big day for them. Um, day one and two, although day one has way, way, way more stuff in their, in their itinerary. So they're in the race course. They're at the race course ground. It, it's a flash. It's almost like a flashback to the very first scene of the entire series. Rob and Ryan being introduced to the race course ground. And uh, yeah, yeah, Rob. I mean, you can tell that Rob just has his breath taken away. And they go walk around the field for a bit. Ryan FaceTimes with his kids. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just a callback to, to that first scene. It's the exact scene almost that, that happened at the very beginning of the series. Um, one thing I forgot to mention is Wayne said that I, I liked this quote. They've put the feel good factor back in the town. I love that. That's such a good quote. He's a quotable dude. Um, Let's see, they meet Carrie here in person. Uh, they meet the groundskeeper who, I'm blanking on his name now, dadgummit. Uh, Ryan asks about Wayne Jones's opinion on a new pub that's going to be put in the stadium. So they're told by Sean Harvey that um, a pub is going to go in, in the stadium to help with game day traffic and turnstiles and all that stuff and it was cool to see that Ryan wanted to make sure that Wayne Jones wasn't going to be negatively affected by another pub coming in. So that was pretty cool. I liked that. Very classy. Very, um, yeah, just just a classy move by, by Ryan. Um, classy thing to ask. Uh, Sean Harvey definitely reassures him that it's, it improves the experience for everyone. And while they're walking out through the gift shop, Rob sees his hat uh, has been duplicated and mass produced. <laughs> and you can see the utter disappointment in his face that he doesn't, he no longer has the only whole, like uh, special made Wrexham hat, the black one with the white writing. Um, it was it was mass produced because someone saw it and based the design off of his hat. So <laughs> you could just see his his face uh, get real sad, real sad. Um, they then go to uh, picking out jerseys and kits, jerseys slash kits for for the next season. Uh, they you know the, they pick the red home one, which everyone knows now, which is fantastic. And then they pick this. Uh, I believe it was like a white and green, green one, um, like a white kind of fading down to green at, at the bottom of the jersey. So uh, they then have a discussion with Sean Harvey about the costs of the club 
and how in this in this league in the National League with their payroll right now they will lose 1.1 million pounds every single year that's crazy so if if the pressure to get promoted wasn't big enough like that realizing that number uh, that every year they lose over a million dollars, one point three four million dollars at the time. Um, that's daunting and puts a, just a ton of pressure on them. And clearly, everyone knows that the team will likely be losing money because <coughs> they get nothing from from the National League. But when it when you get up to League Two, you get that uh, you get all the all that pay from the actual league. I think it's a million pounds is what they said. So that kind of negates the entire thing. Um, but what's funny is that once, I mean, they've, they've signed what, like 10, 12, maybe 15 new players since then. So it's not like their payroll went down, their payroll went up some more. And so they've got to be thinking about how to make money and stay afloat because they're spending even more money than they were, you know, back at this point. So they just got to, they got to keep moving up. And at some point, Hopefully their merchandise deals, all their kit sales, everything catches up and and gets them uh, in the black rather than in the red. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean that's a they need to get promoted basically. They then step outside onto the streets and it's pandemonium, fandemonium, if you will, signing autographs, taking selfies. Which I hate the selfies thing. I hate it. I. I don't know why you would want somebody should definitely explain this to me because I don't understand why you would want a selfie with someone you don't know and they're forcing a smile or awkwardly smiling. Um, I've done it once, I think, and didn't like it, didn't like the product that came from it, felt like I was just using the guy. Uh, it felt really weird. It, yeah, I didn't care for it. So someone needs to explain to me why that's a thing. Because not only that, you have to get super close to them to take a selfie with them. It's weird. I, I would much prefer an autograph or just a handshake or, yeah, this whole documenting of every single bit of of things that happen um, gets to me over time. But I don't know. Teach their own, I guess. It's probably just something that I don't understand, and a lot of, and most people do, and they like doing it. So <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. Uh, Annette starts explaining that it's never been, it hasn't been cool to be a Wrexham fan in a really long time. And she, you know, they, they see, I can't remember if it was her or someone else, but they mentioned that the kids in the town for the past, you know, decade have been wearing. Like Liverpool, Man U, uh, Man City, you know, all the all the Premier League teams, kits and shorts and hats and all that. And now they're wearing Wrexham stuff because it's cool to be a Wrexham fan. So that that's kind of interesting. Um, it's definitely they're breeding culture, which is amazing. Like it it Kids, you know, I, I grew up a Texas A&M fan, as most of you know at this point, and I would literally never put on another college football 
shirt, jersey, whatever. Um, it just it just wouldn't happen. You're not like the only other one that I would would be Miami, and that's only because my granddad played there and coached there. Uh, but other than that, like I'm not I'm not wearing football uniforms or football merchandise from any other uh, any other uh, football squad, American football squad. So it seems like the kids that were putting on Manchester and Liverpool stuff. Their parents just should have taught them better. Should have really indoctrinated them with the, <laughs> with the fandom for Wrexham. Because uh, this whole wishy-washy stuff, not a fan. Just hop on board and stay on board. And yeah, you got to suffer. You know, if your team is suffering, you have to suffer too. Nick, that's that's one thing my wife doesn't understand. Uh, she doesn't get the suffering of of sports like she can just let it roll off her back and move on immediately i just think that if you're a fan and your heart isn't it that much you are you're suffering when they lose and boy have i suffered throughout my entire freaking life with texas a&m football it's been it's been brutal uh there were definitely tears when i was a child there are far fewer tears now it's more just like punching a uh pillow or you know a couch or the floor or the wall um yeah it's just life as a sports fan is just a brutal experience brutal existence um, especially when your team is mediocre over the last 90 years um goodness gracious where were we i got really sidetracked oh right <laughs> she's the kids wearing Wrexham kits instead of instead of Man U and Premier League teams. Uh, let's see. They visit the cathedral. I don't really understand why they included this in the in the episode. They stay there for, I mean, they only show like f two minutes of it, and then we talk to the Reverend Jason, who's a exorcist. Why? What was the point of that whole thing? It didn't. No one's ever mentioned anything about the cathedral in the town before. No one says it is like some big landmark that everyone goes to and everyone knows like Spencer kind of says, yeah, it was painted white when it was first built. And so it was a beacon to the surrounding area, but that was basically it. Like that, that was, that was something in this episode that I would have cut out. I don't think it was necessary whatsoever. In fact, I, it didn't, it didn't make me like anybody more, like anybody less. It didn't change my opinion. It didn't give us any real new valuable information. So th this is one scene that I would have completely cut and not, yeah, just not included it at all. Um, then we go on to Spencer Harris's house. And I know later in this episode, Sean Winter definitely has a problem with Spencer. <laughs> but I like Spencer from the beginning. I think he's well-spoken, well-mannered, proper gentleman. Um, and them going to his house was a delight. Uh, you get to, I mean, you get to literally hear Ryan Reynolds peeing. Come on. That's awesome. Not much more delightful than that. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know who it was, but somebody FaceTimed, uh, the group in the middle of a, in the middle of, uh, Rob and Ryan hanging out with the family and they answered and whoever it was said they were going to cry. This is crazy. All that kind of stuff. And that was just a whole funny scene of them fake, like, being on a FaceTime call with some random person and that person looking at the phone and seeing Rob and Ryan 
staring back at him. Like that, that is hilarious. Um, yeah. Then they just go out and talk to Spencer in his yard and, um, they, uh, ask him, they ask him if it was a relief to not be managing the team anymore. And he, Spencer says that running the team was the privilege of his life and he misses it. Um, not that he would do it again. He just, you know, misses the feeling of it and everything. Um, and Rob then asks him what he wants more people to tell him what he's doing wrong. Um, because he gets a lot of people telling him what he's doing right. And no one tells him what he's doing wrong. Kind of like, kind of like that person who didn't leave me a review and only left a poor rating, you know, kind of like that guy. Um, yeah, don't be that guy. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Spencer then tells them that the club cannot stay the same, which is hundred percent true and really hard for some people to accept. People get really stuck in their ways and stuck in their traditions. And, um, even when things are changing in a good way, it's really hard for some people to understand that and accept it and adapt. Um, and Spencer gives them one piece of advice and he says, keep the personal touch while it grows. He said, it's easy to say, but it's really difficult to do. And that that's definitely going to be apparent. Like if they're, if they're going to own this club for the next 20 years, that's a ton of trips back and forth. That's a lot of interaction with the town, with the people, with the club, with the fans, with everybody. Like that is, that's a major commitment. Uh, if, if that's the route they're going to try to take was keeping that personal touch as they go up through the, through the league. So I'm hoping they do. Uh, it would be a shame if they didn't. Although I think it's very obvious that they're going to do their absolute best to make that happen. Let's see. Then we go on over to, um, power chair which looks like such a fun sport to play and watch. Uh, yeah, Carrie Evans was the one who organized it. She got a Wrexham team. I think it's the, she said it was the first power chair team in Wales. Yeah, and she said she feels privileged to have her role where she doesn't get to take any of the blame for the club losing, but she gets she gets to keep doing the things that she loves to do, which is fantastic. So... Yeah, if uh, when I make it over to Wrexham, I would love to go watch a power chair game. I think that'd be really fun. All right, then it's e the evening and it's pub time. Um, Rob fails to speak Welsh at the very beginning. Annette is super honest about how she's disappointed that Sean Harvey isn't the right person for the job. She doesn't think that they've treated the staff with respect. Um that's a big thing to say on screen. Like uh, it makes you wonder, this is the kind of thing that is, is really tough for a documentary crew to, to do is, is like, I don't know if Annette ever had a personal interaction with Sean Harvey after this, where they tried to settle it and like explain what they were doing and stuff like that. Like you don't get closure from this moment, which bugs me a little bit. Like this, this, that's a moment that I remembered after I watched the whole season the first time, I remembered that that moment didn't get resolved. And it, you know, it's not the end of the world, but it, 
I remembered that moment. And so like, if I'm, if I remembered it, other people remembered it. And I would hope that at some point it got resolved in some way, shape or form. And there was some closure there. Um, she does offer them a similar bit of advice that Spencer did, which is take the fans with you. Um, as you move up the ranks and, you know, keep it close to close to the town. So, uh, then there's a nightcap at the turf <laughs> with Sean Winter, Wayne, Scoot, and a few others that appear here and there in the series. Um, they ask, uh, Wayne asks Robin Ryan if it's now a burden, um, now that they've met everybody and they made it make it very clear that it's not a burden. It's a response. They feel responsible. They feel, they feel like they have a responsibility now to the town, which is a very different thing. A burden is something you don't really want to carry, but you are forced to. And a responsibility is something that you want to take responsibility for. Um, so, uh, I like the distinction there. They begin to ask advice about the club and it's clear that people have been drinking. And so, when people have been drinking, I generally take their advice with a grain of salt. Sean is sitting, <laughs> standing opposite them, being incredibly honest, but super intense. Super intense and uh, doesn't seem like he's completely aware of every single little thing that's going on. He might be. I don't know. But it was just really funny. Sean, it's clear that Sean hates the trust. You can see Wayne in the background, um, who's just standing there clearly nervous when Sean and the rest of the guys are talking about the trust. <laughs> um, Scoot tries to defend the trust, uh, saying they saved the team and everybody knows they saved the team, you know, for a while, but, um, this is where Sean thinks Spencer is a weasel. And Ryan asks Sean if he wakes up in a full sprint, which is <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Just that intensity and that he always has. And uh, yeah, it's just like, I love Sean Winter. Like you, you get really endeared to him when he talks about his, his ex-wife and his kids and memories at the race course and all that kind of stuff. Like he's clearly a good dude. Um, he just loves that club. He just loves Wrexham and really, really, really wants the best for, for his club. So, um, you can't really blame him. It's all good. So let's see day two, Robin Ryan, Robin Ryan are definitely hung over. <laughs> They're in a meeting with Parky and Sean Winter or no, Sean Harvey, not Sean Winter, Sean Harvey. Um, they, they mentioned that they want to sign Jordan Davis to an extended contract, which I love that they mentioned that in this episode because uh, he goes through a rough time later on and then they sign him. So I love that the wheels were already in motion, that they weren't just signing him later on because he was going through a rough time or at least it didn't have the optics of that. So I really like that in this episode they established that. That's a good, that's a good bit of info. Um. Then Parky explains that they need a big physical presence of someone who can head it and a wide player who can play similar to Davis. So more money to be spent, you know, but Parky says they need it. So we all know who they get. We all know who they get. I, I, I can remember the introduction to Mr. Ollie Palmer, uh, but that's not for two episodes, I guess, I think. Maybe three. I don't know. 
but uh, they then move on to the press conference where they explain that change is inevitable. They've been in the year in the league for 13 years, but they want to hold sacred the foundation of the club, which is the community. Um, and the race course remains the beating heart of the town. Can't go wrong with that. It was a fantastic speech by Rob. Bravo, dude. That was great. Um, let's see. They then meet the team. They then go out on the pitch with the team, hang out with them, chat with them, kick some, kick some balls around. Uh, Parky says it's kind of been surreal, and this made it feel very real. Um, I love that Ryan tricked Leighton into starting to sing Happy Birthday. Fantastic. And Rob kits out. He comes out <laughs> in a full kit uh, ready to play, which is hysterical. And while they're messing around, Aaron Hayden confirms, uh, you know, that everybody's a little nervous, but like meeting them, they're just genuine folks. And Paul Mellon says the same thing and they just want to make people happy and do what's best for the club. And it, like this is a it's a great moment to see them intermingling with the stars of the pitch, like the stars of the screen are, are intermingling with the stars of the pitch, which is a really good moment. And a much needed moment like this. This is the one that I'd been waiting for was was them hanging out with the players. Uh, it was just heartwarming and I loved it. Loved every second of it. Uh, both Rob and Ryan shoot a PK. Ryan just nails the crossbar and it goes over. And then Rob sneaks it through after tricking, maybe tricking Leighton. Um, telling him he's going one way and then kicking it a different way. So <laughs> um, in between this and the next scene, they get the news that it was Mullen who got the red card for elbowing a defender in the previous game. And the ref had just guessed. And so Mullen will likely miss the next two games. So uh, yeah, while they're there, they will not get to see Mullen play again, which sucks for them. Sorry. I am yawning right now. It is late at night and I'm tired. Man, it's really late at night. Dadgum. Okay, I need to get this thing out. <laughs> uh, we then cut to one of my favorite people in the whole series, Sam Halton. Love this kid. Talking about Ryan making adjustments to the team. He gets to attend the fan forum. And his first question is, what was the connection to Wrexham? And Ryan says that, you know, storytelling is a huge part of sports. And Wrexham has a very storied past. They've got the oldest international stadium. You know, there's just a ton of great stories that can come from it. And from those stories, like that's a lot of great press. That's a lot of great opportunities for growth. Um, and so I think when Ryan sees this kind of thing, he sees it as a way to improve whatever it is. And so he clearly saw a lot of ways that he could help with the improvement of the team and, and, you know, and domino effect the, the town as well. So great answer. Loved it. And, uh, let's see. After the press conference, Humphrey says on behalf of Rob, that, that the fans are our bosses. Um, and so they, they answer to the fans and they want to keep in touch with the fans. And Sam's very happy that, that they bought the club. They then, I guess most people empty the stadium. 
they walk out onto the pitch, the theme music comes in, and my gosh, y'all, that the theme music, theme song is one thing, theme song, everybody knows the theme song, but the theme music is just so beautiful. Every time it comes on, I get chills. It just, it's an emotional, it's just emotional. It's a great, uh, man, it's just a great song. I love it. It's a great tune. All right. Then it's game time. Torque United, no Mullen. They give a speech from midfield. Uh, Ryan just thanks everybody, and Rob actually speaks Welsh to thank them. And then does a chant with Come On You Reds, which I don't if you've never been in front of 10,000 people, man, it's a it's daunting, intimidating, scary, and thrilling. It's exhilarating. Um so, yeah, I, they, they talk about that right afterwards, and I completely understand it. It's interesting that Rob hates public speaking. I freaking hate public speaking, too. I can do this all day. Uh, I just cannot. Uh, cannot is a strong word. I would prefer not to do any public speaking. Um, but the game starts, and four minutes in, Harry Lennon with the goal. Fantastic. And then you go, what is it, 78 minutes where... Sorry, I'm yawning. Holy crap, I'm yawning again. 78 minutes where no one scores. And then Parky gets a yellow, and immediately afterwards, in the 82nd minute, Torquay United ties it up, and the game ends in a 1-1 draw. Very special week. Rob, you could see after the game when Rob's leaving that he had to tear himself away from the stadium. He, had, he was standing right next to the pitch, looking right at it with the groundskeeper, and you could tell that he just didn't want to leave. He just didn't want to leave. He wanted to soak that in, and that was a, that was a really good moment. Um, I think uh, it's Wayne Jones and maybe Annette talking about at the very end of the episode, there's lots of pressure, lots of fans are unhappy, um, she's worried they'll be the laughing stock if they, if they fail. Um, and he mentions that the fans are growing restless. If the fans aren't happy, the owners will know and things will change. So that's how the episode ends y'all. And man, it's just such a good episode. So many feelings. I just love, I just love their interactions with everybody. They, they do seem like very genuine people. I've never met either one of them. Um, Hopefully someday, but uh, yeah, they, I loved this homecoming. Like you could have called this homecoming, but uh, welcome home, I guess is the same thing. <laughs> All right, y'all, that's enough for today. Um, hopefully you'll get a podcast again tonight. If not, you'll get it in the morning. Um, thank y'all so much for listening. I am the Wrexham Texan. Go follow me on Instagram or Twitter, WXM Texan. Or email me, director at Peaceful Seed Productions. Thank y'all so much. We'll see you next time. Up the town. And if you knock my soul with all your strength, you're gonna find it. You're gonna find it.